We're better already now. There's no place I would rather be than right here and now. There's nothing that we need to be feeling alone about. We're together and we're Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm good. How are you, Shannon? You know what? I'm good. My hands are cold. What does that mean? Like cold hands, warm heart? <laughs> Definitely means that. I have poor circulation. I'm dying. I don't know. One of those two things is happening. I don't know. Yeah, lots of snow, lots of cold out there. It is mm-hmm. really cold. It's like that kind of cold where when you go outside, you're like, have to go, <gasps> it chills your lungs, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it hasn't been snowing here in Toronto. You live in the snow belt and we live in the smog belt. So I don't know. The smog's holding back the snow. It hasn't been snowing really. Oh, wow. No, Stratford here, it's a snowy wonderland. That's cute. Of COVID-19. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stay positive. Oh, yeah. Stay positive. (laughs) Kelly and I, um, we've had busy weeks in our own different ways, right? Everybody has their own shit. So we didn't get to chat too much this week, mainly because I was intermittently crying. But um, we really want to take a moment to just start this podcast off and say, OMG, Thank you, everybody. Let's go back to launch day Saturday. I know. It does feel like so long ago because it's been a tough week of sobbing and bad news and things. But (laughs) I mean, I would just check in to our podcast and our Instagram is up and running and our Facebook page is up and running and the messages from Italy, Vancouver. My girlfriend in Ecuador, too. Oh, God. I was like, I didn't even know they had podcasts in Ecuador. Like, hooray. <laughs> I know. I know. And and just getting messages and text messages, just because Shannon and I, we just, why would anybody want to listen to our telephone conversations? <laughs> well, when you put it that way, geez. No, it's been so, it's so nice to have your phone or your inbox light up with positivity and cheerleading. It's so nice. So never feel like, oh, I should write them, but I feel silly. Nope. Definitely write us. We love it. I think it was Jocelyn who first said to you on our pre-release, it felt like having friends with me in the grocery store. There was there was some really sweet messages from friends of mine who they don't have a family necessarily or family around them or they can't visit their family or they're just like alone. Yeah. And uh, and. I, I can't. Oh, here we go. Three minutes in. <laughs> no, I'm not crying. I'm literally choked by it. And thank you. I don't want to go on and on about it, but it's so nice too. And uh, my girlfriend, one of my girlfriends, wrote me and said that ketchup story you told is like the most relatable thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, Shannon. I know. And because it just reminds me who likes to pretend they're a really tough cookie, that it's vulnerability that connects us at the end of the day, right? We are all putting on these shells. And when you are willing to just peek behind it a little bit, it's what connects us because we're all just doing our very, very best. And yeah. Yeah. And you you talked about the mental list. Yeah. When you said about that thing about pizza money, it's Friday night. Oh, right. Pizza money is due. Yeah, no, it's true. Pizza money and all those little things. For me this week, it was funny. Well, not funny, but I went to brush my teeth or something and I was like, oh my God, this bathroom is disgusting. How does it go from just livable to like 
atomic bomb. <laughs> you know, last time I brushed my teeth, this was acceptable. This time, this is unacceptable. You know, like, how do we get there? I don't know. I've gotten into micro cleaning. That's what I'm going to oh, call it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Did you invent it? No, actually, the father of my daughter, he who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I started dating him. I mean, he's not so big on the organizational cleaning side of things. Yeah. Every once in a while, he would just sort of randomly pick up a paper towel and go to one corner of the room and sort of wipe at something <laughs> or he would like pick up the broom and he would then shove a pile in the corner. Like, And so I'm starting to do that where I'll just go, okay, take this cloth and just, you know how um the edges of your trim? Do you have trim? Oh, God. Yeah. You get dirt on. That's the most disgusting thing, like trim dirt. And I'll just go, just wipe off this one three foot thing. Yeah. Oh, God. You're not wrong. For me, this is what the bathroom thing. So, brushing my teeth, someone chipped our bathroom sink. I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't my 10 year old son. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But. (laughs) It's just gathering stuff now, you know, because there's like a crack in the enamel. So it just draws attention to, you know, it's it's dirty now. You can't clean underneath enamel. So then, you know, you're like, Mm. oh, great. And then you start looking around. So our bathroom is very small. I've talked about my small house before, but you know, the the back of the bathroom door. So when you're on the toilet, that's not a very glamorous image, but you're you're looking at the back of your bathroom door. And I'm like, what in the name of the Lord. It's like it's like slime or something is in the crevices of my door. Because you know, oh my God, I'm gonna take a picture of it. No, I won't. I was also thinking about it. So we have a dog, a Portuguese water dog. I don't think Mita, my poor dog, gets very much play on this podcast, but I do have an animal and I am an animal person. And she has hair, not fur. Okay. So if you're a dog animal person, you understand. So people in my family have allergies. So we went with mm-hmm. a hair dog instead of a fur dog. Which this means is my dog needs regular haircuts because her hair grows continuously. (laughs) I've never had a dog before that did this. I always had like German Shepherds and Huskies and they Mm -hmm. shed a lot, but it it doesn't grow. Like you could never eventually get to ponytail length, but with my dog, you could. Because of lockdown, she hasn't had her haircut in probably two months, which is the kind of the max length. So basically every time we go outside, her hair Imagine your hair on your bo- on your head, like your ponytail hair, being dragged along the ground as you walked. <laughs> like, oh, no. like how disgusting is that, right? And so every few days, my son, one of his chores is to give her a bath. He does a good job and he drains out the tub and he'll like wipe down all the sand and silt that comes off this animal's body. But I realized and when she comes out, you know, she shakes, like dogs shake when they're wet. She's mm-hmm. spraying that substance off of her body all over the bathroom door, but no one sees it because usually the door is open and like it's hidden. (laughs) It's like, it looks like the floor of High Park spread onto the bottom third of my bathroom door. So I was just like, oh God. Oh yeah. You know what? Actually, you know, what's really cool. My friend Karen, who left a beautiful review for us on iTunes. Uh Thank you, Karen. That's amazing. She's a cleaning among other amazing things. She's a cleaning specialist. Have you heard of the, um, oh God, I'm going to call it the wrong thing. The nor- I'm going to call it the Norwalk, <laughs> like the virus, the oh, Norwalk God. scrub, but it's called. Oh, Norwex. Norwex. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A- I know Norwex. Yeah. Yes, yeah. She's a Norwex person. Yeah. Yeah. Like pre-COVID she'd have parties and yeah, she, she came into my vintage store when I had a vintage store once and I had this vintage piece of jewelry 
And she just whipped out this Norwex cloth and she took this gorgeous necklace that hadn't been selling and she shined it up. She wiped it. She went here. This is what you do. This is what you do. And she did it really super quick. And then she left. And the next person who walked in my store bought that necklace. Oh, that is an amazing story. That is so cool. I know. I learned some other things owning that store about energy and items. I know her giving that necklace, that cleaning and love did it. But Mm -hmm. sometimes women would come in and they would just pull something off like a nice sweater or dress and they just kind of stroke it and look at it and then they'd put it back. And then I would watch again and again, the next person to come in the store would go right to that item. I love Isn't that bizarre? this story. No, it's not bizarre. Yeah. It's amazing. I saw it again and again when something got a little love or something got a little energy and it, you know maybe they wouldn't purchase it, but they were like, oh my goodness, or it, w- it would attract... It happened. They just happened again and again, Shannon. It was wild. My jaw is like open right now. Like I am like, Mm -hmm. I love stories like that. I love stories like that. And um, Tell me why. Tell me why. Oh, I just think it's like, you know, they do studies. They've done studies where if you have a plant, a house plant, and you talk to it, it like flourishes. But if you don't talk to it, it like immediately dies. They've done those kinds of studies. No, I didn't know. Oh, you didn't? But I do know about thanking water. Have you heard about thanking water? No, you're blowing my mind right now. Yeah, there's a book. I think it's one little book was written on it. My friend Jillian. It was a very little book because that's the whole thesis. (laughs) No, it was like this. It was literally like a pamphlet. I remember Jillian and Lindsay showed it to me. They did scientific microscopic studies. Oh, my God. That if you pour yourself a glass of water, turn on your tap, look at your full bathtub, and you say, thank you, water. The molecules alter in the water. Shut up. I say, thank you, water. Actually, I'm holding my water. Thank I'm going to hold my water too. Thank you, water. Thank you, water. And yeah, thank you, water is another one. Oh my, because I, <laughs> okay, first of all, I love gratitude. Like I'm obsessed with gratitude. And secondly, I love thanking people, sending actual thank you notes. That is one of my trademarks. So I am going to start thanking water for sure. My husband, I'm laughing already because he he thinks a lot of the stuff in a loving way is like (laughs) the thing, you know, how husbands and wives are like some of the things I do, he'll be like, okay, good idea. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm picturing me being like, thank you, water. And him just being like, okay. (laughs) And then, you know, that book, good night, moon, good night, this, good night, that. Thank you, water. I sure do. Thank you. But you know what? It is interesting. It's the same, uh, not to harp on this, but kind of a similar principle to the whole money thing. When you intentionally spend with joy. So Rather than being like, I can't believe I have to spend $65 on groceries that won't even make a meal. That's kind of how I was. I just spent $65, which is be a lot of money for me on like milk, bread, cheese, things that are just boring, not fun, nothing exciting, mm-hmm. right? But now I'm yeah. when you reframe it, this isn't just one example of being like, oh, thank goodness I have the money to buy the staples that I need for my family. Thank God. Yeah. This feels good. I'm so thankful that I can give my children like organic milk this week or whatever your choice is, right? Right, um, right. It totally changes everything. It changes everything. I, I, I just don't know how else to explain it. I just think reframing and like, thank you, water. I was actually going to bring this up and it kind of, I guess, is a nice segue because I meditate every morning when I do my gratitude list and you know, okay, not every single day. Some days I don't feel like it, but most of the time. And my meditation this morning, fully on limiting beliefs. 
So, so much of what we tell ourselves we can't do is just our own mind playing tricks on us. And for me, that resonates this week because I've been writing report cards in my job. Mm-hmm. It's the first time mm-hmm. I've ever done it. <laughs> it's it's not even that it's necessarily a hard task, but it is overwhelming and there's a lot to learn and all your peers are doing it at the same time. So they're very frazzled and as much as they are helping you, they're also very much stressed about their own report card. Yeah. Listening to this limiting belief, like what is the limiting belief around why I am just blocked. Like last night, it was just the stupidest thing. It was just like a, basically a cutting and pasting exercise. And I was just jamming my head against a wall. Like I literally emailed my vice principal, emailed me in the middle of it about something else. And I wrote back, I'm about to throw my laptop out a window. Okay. That is not a very Shannon thing to write to their boss in an email, but I just right. needed to convey the frustration. And she actually called me to her credit. So there's good, that. Good. I, I didn't answer. I was like, mm-mm. But um, <laughs> you weren't answering last night. No, I was like, this <laughs> is a, no, you're, this you're, is a no. no phone time. But good for you for recognizing that. It just wouldn't have helped, right? You're responsible for your own thing. And you it can become a that that term like an, an emotional dump or something. And yeah. also you're in like, you're in a professional scenario. So good for you. And yeah. That, and good for her for calling. Good yeah, for her for calling. Exactly. Everyone's doing their best, but my limiting belief. So it's really just me telling myself that this is too hard or I don't have enough experience. Like all these things I'm making up and telling myself I've never used this software. So it's too hard for me. We tell yeah. ourselves these little lies. But really, the universe continually reaffirms to me that I am capable of this job by letting me into school to do it and giving me wonderful friends and colleagues that I've met along the way that are so supportive, handing me a job like immediately. You know, like all the things, if I wasn't ready or was incapable, I wouldn't be given these opportunities continually, right? So it's like how you look at them and reframe them, but it's so tempting to get stuck in like a shame spiral, an overwhelm spiral. It's easier. That path is easier and more familiar than actually, actually looking at the truth. In fact, when my husband points out the truth, I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> because yeah. yeah. No, I know. It's so yeah. hard. You know, I was crying yesterday and I came down and and he was just like, what's wrong? Like he probably thought someone died. And I was like, it's, it's so hard. The report cards are so hard. And yeah. like he did hug me and he was completely comforting, but he was also saying logical things, supportive oh. logical things. Like who can you ask for help? Like, you know, kind of just more logical things. And I was like, I don't want you to say these things right now. You know? And he was just like, uh, okay. Because you don't really want to hear it. It's more comfortable to wallow sometimes. And that's. Or, yeah, also, can I reflect? Yeah. I mean, just on that w- way of Sean reacting, the tendency is to want to fix and offer solutions. Yeah. And we all know that what we really need to do is just mirror, be in the moment and with the person because your wallowing isn't actually, I know it's wallowing, but it's also honoring your, um, you actually don't know how to do these things you you (laughs) if you knew how if you knew how to write a report card I know that's not what you're saying you're saying how do I manage my feelings around being stuck here yes uh I had a wonderful movement teacher at theater school really special person who well she gave she gave me something that stayed with me for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and that was because you know you're in theater school or you're in teachers call it, whatever you're you're learning something and she said it's when you're stuck 
is when you're actually learning the most. A hundred percent. When you're flowing through and you know what you're doing and you're acing it and you're doing your vocal thing or you're doing, it's when you're stuck, you're learning the most. And I didn't fully understand for the rest of my life, I'm taking apart that statement and thinking about it. And I'm thinking about it for you right now. And I'm thinking Mm. about the compassion you need to have for yourself to allow yourself to just go, this is hard. And right now I'm having a hard time with that. And then you know, Sean's helping you. You'll process his help later. But in the moment, is it Gabor Mate? And then oh, yeah. I want to think of the name of the woman actually who I, I, the calm technique for raising kids. I will find her name and put it in the notes because it re, this really helped me with Maddie Nell when she was three years old and I was having a lot of behavioral difficulties. The calm technique? <clears throat> yeah. And it's, it's this thing where you say your kid, doesn't want to go to kindergarten or so, like they don't want to go to school or they're having a, a fit. You, you stop everything. I hope I get this right. You stop everything. You put your own agenda aside mm. and you, you go to a place of mirroring, which is you listen, you genuinely and not in a patronizing way, you try to reflect back their reality to them. Like you don't, want to go to school. You, you muse aloud. You, mm. every day this happens and you go, I, I'm not ready. You muse aloud, you do all this sort of stuff. And you, you do this kind of thing until finally the tears start to come Aww. and they stop being angry. And, like, yeah. and then, and then there's then other two steps. It, it really helps. It helps me with my own behavior uh, in when helping a, a tantrum like young child or anybody like it's it's really great to to read about this stuff and then the other thing with kids just anybody out there with kids is the whole notion of preloading consequences so instead of i as you say it i'm just like cringing yeah it's so hard but like instead of taking your your little kids out to sit down at a dinner by the way no child likes to go out for dinner Like it's taken me so many years to figure that out or go sit down in a restaurant instead of losing your mind and going, we're leaving right now. What you do is you, you set up a failure. Like you go, okay, we're going to, we're going to go to, I don't know, Ponderosa or whatever, whatever decade you're in. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And if, if you get up and leave the table twice, I'm paying the check and we're leaving. In your mind, you go, we're going to fail at that. That is definitely going to happen. And I am ready to be disappointed that I'm not going to get my like surf and turf or whatever. (laughs) And nine and a half times out of 10, it works. So just a thing on mirroring, it it happens between our partnerships, you know, and uh, you needed a bit of mirroring and you don't know how to do that. And you have compassion for yourself. And sometimes it just takes that moment to be able to, and all of your mindfulness and all the skills and things you know about how to move the the energy of what you're feeling into, I can, but yeah. let's not diminish how, how against the programming that is, you know, yeah. that's a really, yeah, big leap. So but it's totally against the programming. And, you know, as you're talking to about all this and, and I did read child rearing books, I haven't read one lately, but I have. But whenever anyone talks about a parenting technique that I did not employ, so I've never heard of the calm technique, and I'm not sure if I ever did it maybe intuitively or, you know, whatever. But all I think is, oh my God, I've already fucked them all up. They're already fucked. It's already fucked up. It's done. I fucked it all up because <laughs> I didn't wow. do this one technique. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is also completely dumb and not true. But it does immediately take me to this place too. Like It's so interesting. Like as you're talking the whole time, I'm thinking, 
what are things I did that's similar to that? Because obviously if Kelly did it, then it's the right thing to do. So I hope I did something <laughs> similar. You know, like it, it's silly. It's, it's. You do it all the time. Like another big one of hers is, um, especially as our kids become teenagers, is go back to those baby videos and baby your kids a little bit when they're teenagers. The, the idea is that it creates that hormone or the, rem- the memory of that hormone. Yes. And the other thing that she said, which has helped me, for example, being in situations with kids, groups of kids. As a child psychologist, often she's dealing with the parents. Like she almost doesn't even allow the kids in her office. She's just teaching these techniques so that the parents know how to handle things. But occasionally when she's got a child who really needs to be in her office, she says it's the child who is the most kind of, I dread seeing them. They're so yeah, difficult. And I actually feel a feeling of disgust or whatever. Like that's the person who needs the most love. Yeah. The most, the most love. It is, it is true. And they're, it's human also to not bond with every person or child that you interact with. It's totally normal. Like you have to work on yourself, especially if you're the adult to work towards that. I guess what I meant to say is I know how affectionate you are with your children and loving with him. And yeah. that's huge. Like that's. And my, my daughter actually, well, she's eight. She's kind of like, I don't know. I blame TikTok. She's like very much already like a, a tween, you know, even though she's eight and her best friend has an older sister, right? Which that always ages you up when you have a preteen as your role model. She like already kind of doesn't want to hug me. Like she's kind of in that like eye rolling a little bit, like moving into that phase. I know it won't last forever and I don't want to like force myself on her, but it does suck when you like hug your kid and they're just like stiff arms, you know, (laughs) like won't hug you back. You're like, okay. But my son is very, very affectionate. I said to my husband the other day, we were walking and he's wearing this sweatshirt. I'm talking quietly because I like, don't want him to hear me because he's home. He has a sweatshirt and it's got a dinosaur on the front, okay? So that alone, we've got a very limited amount of time for how much longer he'll be wearing dinosaurs, right? And the right. hood uh, the hood of it has little dinosaur horns. It's like a hoodie with horns to match the dinosaur, whatever it is, triceratops on the shirt. Yes, and yes. he had it pulled up over his head and he was running through this big dirt pile with our hair dog. And- I said to Sean, we have like five minutes left of his childhood where he will wear a dinosaur hood and play in the dirt. And it just like made my heart full because I'm so glad he is a child and and sad. You know that feeling where you're just like, Ugh. Oh you God, know. yeah. I'm oh, sad God. right now thinking about <laughs> it. Because our, then, our kids were babies at the same time. You know, Maddie yeah. Nelson at that age too. Yeah. I have those thoughts too. Yeah. And and it's so beautiful and innocent. And he came he came down for breakfast the other day. One thing I am proud about, even though I'm comparing myself to the calm technique, which I did not employ, is we eat meals together. We don't have technology at meals and we eat for the most part, except for weekends. It's you know, but before school dinners always together. And he came down for breakfast. Sean was putting breakfast on the table and he was holding two stuffed animals, not one, but two. And again, my, I just like caught my breath, you know, and I just was like, I need to put a little, I need to snapshot this in my mind, you know, his sleepy face holding two stuffies. Oh my God. I know it. And it's just, you know, those are the moments that, okay, fuck, I don't care. I don't give a shit about these report cards anymore. I just want to like snuggle this little 
dirt yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning and Maddie Nell's, you know, lying in bed and she's got the same two stuffed animals her entire yeah. life and they're they're wrapped in her arms. It is Jennifer Kalari. Jennifer oh, Kalari, okay. the mm-hmm. calm technique. Yeah. That's who I was speaking of. Just so everybody knows. Yeah. And uh, it's hard. It's hard to, yeah, just all, all the stages have their like ups and downs, right? I love their independence at this age. I love that they can like go to the bathroom and shower and bathe themselves and clean things. And, you know, like I love that they are moving into like responsibility and capability, but you do sometimes think, well, that's it. I'll never snuggle them to sleep. I'll never hold them in a rocking chair. Oh my God, why? We have to change subjects. This is so depressing. Um, but, I, you, <laughs> but you will, you will, you'll get those hugs and you'll get, I think you're going to get other gifts from yeah. my that you can't even imagine. Right yeah. Now. yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know, you know, whatever. But do you have any good sweet or sours this week? What were your highlights and lowlights? Uh, <laughs> Just thinking really quickly, I wanted to let you know these are oh, kind Jesus. of facile. Uh, the, the sweet is I tried Instacart again. Um, and it, you know, I'm a fan. Yeah, well, see, I didn't really explain before. Back at the beginning of the pandemic, I did Instacart and it took a day or two. And then when they arrived. I could tell it was like a family who had, had driven all the way to Stratford to get my groceries. For, that's what it seemed like. Oh no! And I was like, I cannot support this. Oh, it feels like I'm putting people in danger. And anyway, so this episode's brought to you by Instacart. <laughs> <laughs> the difference was with Instacart this time is it? It took an hour. They were using people who live locally. I shopped for myself and my mother and it was there and it saved me three hours of time. That was really, really sweet. And then the sour is those motherfuckers did not pick up my Christmas tree off the front lawn on garbage day. Because I think because Shannon, I'm literally waving my fist in my closet right now. I'm like waving it because I... I propped it up against the tree to make it easy for them and nice. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't get picked up. And then I kind of had this memory about the going to the Stratford website, <laughs> the Stratford website like a year ago. And there's this very specific instruction about it having to be lying down next to the mm. sidewalk. I just thought, give me a break. <sighs> Deep breaths, deep breaths. And this goes back to when we were talking about reclaiming my space and getting to the end yeah. of Christmas. And yeah, so the Christmas tree is there. I've got a hatchet. I'm going to chop it up and burn it in my backyard and I'll figure it out. But don't they come more than one time? Was it like this one pickup or you're done? Well, I'll have to go back and look at the website, but I thought it was just once. Anyway, it's just still out there leaning against the oh. tree. And there's some things where you just go, I can't. I just yeah. can't fucking deal with that. And also, there are bigger problems. It's not that big of a problem. It's annoying, though. It's annoying. I just wanted Christmas to be over this year. <laughs> My um, So I live in downtown Toronto, and you can put out like a toilet. They'll take it. You can put out whatever, a mattress, king-size mattresses. The city collects large items, they call it, every Friday. So anything, literally anything, Kelly, like rugs. Do you have to pay 20 bucks per item? Nope. Nope. Yeah, you do here. That was a shock. I think they just know that if they don't pick it up, the streets will become a friggin' 
trashy yard sale because no one cares. And so many people rent their homes. So there's no pride in like curb appeal. They're just like, whatever, <laughs> like I'm moving next week. So here's six toilets. So they do, they pick it up on Fridays and the garbage collection is very organized here. But the minute we took out our tree, I didn't even look when tree pickup was. I just put it on the curb because I'm like, eventually in the next 10 to 14 days, they're coming around or whatever. God bless them. But they just, they'll pick up anything. Did I tell you the story that the day we did, we put out our old bed, which was king size bed with a split box spring. It's like heavy AF. And it laid on our curb for like three days leading up to the Friday where they pick shit up and it rained. So it was like rain soaked. It probably weighed 500 pounds. And I was like cringing because I'm thinking if they don't take it, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. (laughs) Like put it in my Kia Sorento and drive it to Peterborough dump. Like I, where am I going? And so Sean and I happened to be coming home on our street parking as the truck is coming down the street. And I'm like, Oh no, like we're going to be out. Like we're essentially watching him. This one guy, one guy's driving the truck. One guy's throwing the junk in. Like, oh, no, I was like, oh no, we should just sit in the car, like, and not admit that this is us. And Sean's like, I'm not sitting in the car. There, there you go. There's the gender divide. Like, I'm like, oh, this person has to do their job. Oh, I feel awful, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> I should do their job. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to. So. Well, I physically can't. Like, I have limitations. I can press an eight-pound barbell, okay? So then we were, like, walking up to our house, and I'm like, thank you so much. And the guy was nice. He was really nice. But he's like, oh, my God, that was heavy. And, and Sean just, like, was like, "Good, have a good day kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So yeah, that is, I totally get you on putting stuff on the curb. We actually, when we did our big purge, when you load up the backflash episodes, people will get all caught up that my, we hired a professional organizer Yeah, it changed my life. One of the things we were doing was just bringing stuff out of the house. She's like, you just have to get rid of it and then call like 1-800-GOT-JUNK. This episode is brought to you by 1-800-GOT-JUNK <laughs> and they come and take it away. So I think we ended up paying $400, which is obscene, but our entire like two meter by two meter Toronto front yard was just piled high. They're there within like 90 minutes. They just huck it all in the back. You pay with debit and your junk is gone. Like it really couldn't be simpler. So I don't know why we're talking about this, but there you I go. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what about you? Do you've got some sweet and sours you want to talk about? Before I do anything sweet and sour, I want to. We got our very first writer inner, <gasps> long-time listener, first-time caller. We got a sweet and sour? <laughs> we got a sweet and sour. And it is from our friend. I don't know if I should name her. I'll just say Jenny. Yes. But we both know her and she is obviously listening. And she also lives overseas currently. So I guess people all over the world really are listening to us. She wrote, my sweet, when I couldn't even do today for no apparent reason, because actually things are pretty okay for me, all things considered, but we all have these days. I could listen to my friends and genuinely feel their goodwill and love. Thank you. Oh, I know. And then she said, also, Threads was the nuclear movie that scarred me for life at age 12. I think it came out the same day, the same year as the day after. But it did. Oh, wow. She wrote, I tried to watch both again this summer for my thesis, but I could not bring myself to do it. So there you go. You struck a nerve with those apocalypse movies. I know. Well, it's it's a generational thing, too. Threads. You know what? I do, I do remember that, Jenny. It was also horrible. I blocked it out. 
I just... I never saw these movies. I, I must be a, just a slight bit too young. My husband was fully traumatized as well. The day after, he had a story about that too. It's on Instagram if you want to read Sean's story. And then my friend George, too. There were a couple of people who said that it was required for them to watch it in their school gym. <laughs> yeah, like it became like an educational tool. Oh and my we God. haven't talked much about the content of this movie, but in brief, the red button gets pressed, nuclear Holocaust. They called it a nuclear holocaust at the time. That was the way you described it. And the landscape was like blown up. And so people are all like have immediate skin cancer. And then there's roving gangs of people with guns who want to like, it's like this whole survival thing. And I remember there was some, I'm pretty sure it was either in Threads or the day after where some kid with like a half cancer face looks at an old early computer, (laughs) but it doesn't work anymore. It was just... Ew. The fear of murder and death was through the whole movie. Oh, God, it was awful. Well, no, I definitely have not seen it and will not be watching it based on these raving reviews that now four people in my life have been scarred by. So Sean also was saying, speaking of like 1970s public school, he said when we were walking in High Park, my son was like, look, it looks like a footprint. It looked like a Bigfoot footprint. And Sean had this memory and he's like, oh yeah, grade three, me and so-and-so, some kid made a plaster Bigfoot. That was our (laughs) nature thing. Like we made it out of plaster to, I don't know why. And he's like, because every day, two kids at a time had to go into the woods and find something in nature and bring it back to the class. What? Like they would just send two kids out. Sean and Steve head out into the woods behind the school and come back in an hour and show us what you got. Like (laughs) 70s was such a weird time. Oh, I know. Such a weird time. He was in London, Ontario at the time. And there are like a lot of woods, ravines, wetlands. Could you imagine now? Kids that can't even go to the bathroom in the same fucking building by themselves. Yeah. It's why don't you go to where all the sexual predators are? And there were in London. Let's not digress on this, but London, Ontario had the newspaper murderer, like a kid that delivered newspapers. The Stephen Truscott thing was going on in that era. There was like actual shit going on. I think at one point, London, Ontario was the serial killer capital of Canada. or Elizabeth Wetlawfer. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wanted to mention something. About Elizabeth Wetlawfer. So this was the week that the show that Gil and I wrote was supposed to be on at the Grand Theatre in London called In the Wake. In the Wake. It was called In the Wake of Wetlawfer, but we didn't want to put her name. She's the serial killer who murdered people who were in long-term care. There was a commission on... <clears throat> why she was able to murder for all those years and all those people. And a lot of really shocking inadequacies were totally. revealed in long-term care from top to bottom. The commission was about that and we used that for the play. Anyway, it was going to be at the Grand Theater and it wasn't, but something really cool happened, Shannon. What? Tell me. There's another, I hope I can say this. This is the real suite for the week. There's another commission that's going on Right now, here in Ontario, I think Ontario had the largest percentage of deaths in long-term care due to COVID-19 than anywhere in the world because the system is in shockingly bad shape and the recommendations from the wet law for inquiry were not quickly taken in hand and there was a change in provincial government. So they've had another one uh, where they've gone in and they've interviewed residents, like people in long-term care who are, you know, mentally capable. Mm-hmm. And the lawyer who's part of this commission reached out to me and Gil. <gasps> wow. Um, and I can't really say why, but there's a potential partnership, artistic partnership between us that 
will be about helping interpret this event to help people. That's the minimum I can say. Wow. Thank you, water. Thank you, water. I wasn't even going to bring it up. I was going to go, oh, this play I did that then we're so proud of and meant something got canceled because I didn't want to really go there or worry about it. Like I've just done my grieving. Hmm. So to hear from from that lawyer was like, holy shit, that's... And how often do you want to hear from a lawyer? Yeah, I know. So... Well, I'm proud of you. That is amazing. And I believe in your work and your art so much. So I have no doubt that something fantastic is coming from that. Yeah. Like like a better long-term care system. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? And then, we, well, yeah. you know what? It's true though, but like, what do they say? You, you can judge a society by how they treat their most vulnerable. Yeah. Our yeah. seniors are shit on like, and our children look at the school system, right? But I'm not going to go there, but my sweet and sour, my sweet and sour. My sweet is last week I went for a massage. So I was really humming and hawing about going because of COVID. And I've been going to the same massage clinic for a long, long time. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, is this irresponsible? Essentially, I do have a pinched nerve in my shoulder from, I I honestly think it's from nursing, like years of nursing, you know, the way you cramp your shoulder up and sleep in like weird contorted positions. Yeah. And sitting at a desk for virtual teaching has aggravated it. Oh boy. It wasn't just like a relaxational massage. I was like, I, I actually was in pain, but humming and hawing about if it was a responsible citizen thing to do, to go out in the community and potentially, you know, bring it home to my family. And they put a post on their Instagram. If you'll bear me one second, I actually want to read it because I think other people might benefit from hearing this. If you are at all in any pain and you know that there's something out there that could help you. So it says, "Treat." are you wondering if your treatment is essential? Do you have injury or chronic pain? Yes, I do. Do you experience anxiety, tension, or insomnia? Yes, I do. Do you notice reduced mobility or strength? Yes, I do. Do you struggle to perform your daily activities? Well, in this case, yes. Do you live with an illness or condition? Me, no, but maybe you. Do you believe that healthcare is a basic human right? Absolutely, I do. If you answered yes to any of these, you deserve to book your treatment now. Yeah. So th- to me, I was just like, yeah, that that's absolutely right. And I'm so glad that she posted that. I felt great during and after. And I said to the woman who was doing the massage, I said, usually I'm really bubbly and I love hearing about you know, you and chatting, but today I just need to like lay quietly. And she was like, absolutely. Like this is your hour. And it was just, I was so glad I did it. Oh, good. Yeah. For you. Yeah. And it felt safe. And I know the place, like I know that they're doing all the things. And so that was definitely a sweet because I took care of myself and I got some relief for my horrible pinched nerve. Yeah. And then sour, not to belabor, beat a dead horse or whatever it's called, is the report cards. They've just been so hard. I can do hard things. I'll get there. But it really has been very hard. And just reinforcing how isolating the pandemic and the lockdown is, especially when you feel sad or overwhelmed, you just realize how much you physically are alone. Like I don't have peers. I don't have a staff room to go to. There's no, you know, there's no, yeah. just, so it, it, that for sure. But all things being said, it will be over very shortly and I will be very proud of myself that I reached that goal. So, so once again, we just want to wrap it up where we started and say, <laughs> thank you everyone who's listening. Don't even think for one second that we don't appreciate you and think about you while we're planning what we're going to talk about, even though it might not seem like it, we do plan what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and- <laughs> 
you know, that's why we need to hear from you. So if you have thoughts or ideas or a little story you want to share or you're sweet or you're sour or one or the other, just send us a note, Instagram, Facebook, email. It's all better already podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page now and we're having so much fun. Honestly, this, this is Kelly, you said, do you want to not record today? Cause you've been so stressed this week. And I was like, absolutely not. It's a non-negotiable like us showing up yeah. for each other and showing up for you. Yeah. Just thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. Yeah. And every time at the end of this, I feel, I feel better already. I feel my constant little hum of anxiety has just mm. gone down a notch because again, connection, connection is the thing. It connection really is. is a thing and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So just keep doing what you're doing, everyone. While you're doing that, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on Apple Podcasts, just keep kind of scrolling down to where it says rate and review. So these are just oh, stars. Yeah. I'm sure whoever gave us two stars, it was a total accident. I'm sure we forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, bye. Enjoy <laughs> your podcast. And if not, whatever. Um. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But we are we are so happy to be here for you. Yeah, and if not us, call, pick up that phone or whatever and call a friend, call call a cousin, call somebody. Yeah. Okay. Love you, Shannon. Love you, Kelly. Talk soon. You know it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.